Coffee Break, the advice podcast for teachers, brought to you by UEA. Welcome to Coffee Break, the higher education advice podcast from UEA. I'm Lauren, a higher education advisor, and this month I'm joined by Megan and Beth. Hi, I'm Megan. Hi, I'm Beth. Uh, This month we wanted to talk about the UEA-specific scholarships and bursaries that are available to students. The deadline for some of these is coming up on the 22nd of March, so now's the time to get them on your students' radar, especially if they hold an offer with us already. So, my favourite and one of our most popular scholarships, because there is an unlimited amount of them, is our Brightsparks Scholarship. It's a reward for your academic achievement. Um, If you're studying the EPQ, do a research project for the university, you could be awarded £3,000. So you have to do a little essay on one of UEA's core research areas, which is actually really easy because UEA basically researches everything. The £3,000 will be given to you in instalments over three years, so £1,000 a year. You have to get three Bs at A-level or equivalent for the alternative routes you might be taking. Um, you need to get a good grade in the EPQ. What grade is it they need to get in the EPQ? An A or an A star. A or an A star. Yeah. Okay, so you you want to be achieving that anyway. So yeah, as long as you get the grades, it, the really, and do your research project, submit that. There's really no reason that you wouldn't be getting that because we have got an unlimited amount of those, like I said. And did you say that UEA has to be the firm choice yeah, as well? Yeah, UEA does have yeah. to be your firm choice. Yeah. To be able to qualify for this scholarship. Yeah, thanks, Beth. And we've also got other scholarships. Um, So we've got sports scholarships and music scholarships for anyone with a talent in either of those two fields. Um, So we've got two sports scholarships. So we've got a Developing Excellence Scholarship, which is for those students that are around about a county or regional level in their sport. This includes um, a package of support services worth up to £1,000, so to help you continue your sport whilst you're at university. So stuff like training plans, injury prevention sessions, um, sports psychology workshops, access to our sports facilities on campus, um, and a range of other things to help you continue your sport um, whilst you're at UEA. Um, for those who are a little bit more advanced in their sport, um, we've got also got an elite sports scholarship. And this is all of those sport packages that you get in the Developing Excellence Scholarship. And in addition to this, you get £1,000 per year for up to three years, so £3,000 as well. To qualify for our elite sports scholarship, you have to be currently ranked in the top 10 of your chosen sport nationally um, or be part of the national squad for your chosen sport. As well as this, we've also got a music scholarship and this is worth £1,000 per year up to three years. So again, £3,000 to help you continue your music or your singing whilst at university. Um, for this you need to be at around a grade 8 in musical musical instrument or in singing. Um, however, we don't you don't have to take in your grade in order to be um, accepted on this scholarship. Um, so for this we ask you to come to an interview um, and audition process and there you have to do a 10 minute audition um, where you'll be expected to perform two different pieces and Uh, We've got 10 of these available, so it's really worthwhile um, applying for this if you are musical. 
So the difference scholarship is another great one we have for undergraduate students. Um, it can be for any course that you want to go on. Go on, we have five of these available. Um, and they are for students that are coming from a household that has less than £30,000 for the income. You get um, £9,000 split across the duration of your study. And you can choose whether that is goes on your tuition fees or your maintenance loan. Totally up to you which one you use. But you can have a chat with us about which one we'd recommend or anything like that. But yeah, that's a really good one to go for if you're coming from a lower income background. Thanks for that, guys. And um, we actually do have a range of other scholarships available depending on which course the students are applying for. So please do encourage your students to have a look at our website and make sure they have checked every possibility um, to make sure that they are eligible for the scholarships and that they do apply for them because so many scholarships don't go awarded across the UK. So it would be a missed opportunity, especially when it's kind of not a very difficult form that you need to fill out. It's quite an easy thing to do. Um, so definitely do make sure students look into these and that they can apply. You've made it this far. Why not subscribe to our podcast? We're now joined by Esther, who is one of our academics who sits in the Actuarial Science School. Um, we thought that this one would be a particularly good subject to talk about because not many students have heard of it or know about it and it's certainly not something that you can study at A-level. So welcome Esther and thank you for coming in and joining us on the podcast. Hi. So one of the big questions we actually get as higher education advisors when we're going around the country speaking to students and teachers is what type of subjects might I need to study before I actually start this degree course? Is it that you've got to have a background in computing or maths or business? So in terms of subject specific requirements or previous experience, what is needed? Okay, so um, basically the um, key thing we look for for actuarial science is maths um, and um, we require an A and A level maths. And that's essentially because a large majority of the degree is uh, maths content and without that ability um, you will find it um, difficult to do some of the more technical subjects. Other subjects that we'd be interested in would be um, so computing science, any of the other sciences, business, economics, um, so a fairly broad range of subjects. I mean I did an actuarial science degree many years ago and my A-levels are actually um, maths, English literature and German. Oh. Um, so quite a range of subjects, quite different um, and it's good um, to have a range of subjects I think but traditionally, uh, but essential would be A-level maths. Excellent, so for any teachers that listen to the podcast when you're looking at applications from students, is there any advice you would give, um, give teachers to give to their students in terms of what else to look for on an application? Well, I think basically, I guess, because actuarial science is a quite a niche subject and um, unknown by a lot of people, we would uh, be looking for people that kind of are knowing what they're letting themselves in for. So who've done a little bit of research and um, know what an actuary does um, or have thought about the idea of risk, um, areas in, in, in which actuaries would work. Um, but it's, it's basically an interest in the area. Is, is, is all we're interested in. Okay, so they have to have done some research. But I think one thing I stumble with with students and teachers talk about actuary science is that a lot of the time they just assume insurance is an um, boring career to go into. But actually, that's not really the case anymore, is it? It's got a, looking at a lot of the impact of modern world technology on how people have to buy their insurance. Yeah, um, 
the actuarial profession, the actuarial world is changing in line with um, you know most um, careers. I think nowadays with um, the increase in artificial intelligence and involvement in that in uh, most areas that we work in. But um, one a interesting area that um, I think it's good for students to have a think about is um, something like um, car insurance. Most students are, uh, understand um, the idea of car insurance and that, that it's to do with um, how much you pay is to do with uh, the risk that you pose the insurer of a possible payout. But if we now think about changing the nature of cars, so if we bring in the idea of driverless cars with the growth in artificial intelligence, in a driverless car, um, the human has now been removed from the equation effectively. So what's happening is if, um, if technology is driving your car and there's an accident, um, then the question is, where's, where does the fault lie? Um, and that's a question that hasn't really been answered yet. That is so interesting. Is this something that you bring into um, the topics that they can study at UEA for the students? Or? Well, we have a, um, in year one, we have a module called Actuarial Skills. And um, within that module, um, we have a relationship with Aviva. Um, and as part of that module, they our students in the first year get the option, well, they, they go to Aviva and they have some basic lessons about insurance and how an insurance company works. And then um, another part of that module is that um, we ask our students or, or we require our students to go and do a presentation at a local sick form to talk to the sick form students about what an actuary does and then about a current issue. And one of the current issues that we give them is driverless cars. Ah. Or we've had ones on obesity. We did this for the first time last year. And uh, the, the facts and the figures that the students found out about autonomous vehicles, semi-autonomous vehicles and the process and insurance, it was really interesting stuff. And they really engaged with it. Um, you know, as well with, um, with the um, obesity, you can kind of think of uh, how, how does um, that affect um, an insurance company but again it comes down to a product liability you know if, if uh, the health of our nation is at, is at risk um, then um, ha do fast food companies do they have should they be bearing some kind of the cost of um, the poorer health hmm. um, and th you know so is there associated insurance that should be taken out there as well and and the, the students uh, really enjoy those things and actually we learn something as academics because yeah. we're not doing we're not um, doing all of that, you know, finding out about those pieces of information. Yeah, you're handing it over to yeah. them. Yes, real independent learning. Yeah. So we've talked about some of the modules students could expect in first year there. What else could they expect? What's, what's some of the benefits of studying here at UEA? Okay, um, so I guess one of the unusual things about our programme is that uh, most actuarial science programmes will sit within math schools or business schools. Mm. At UEA, we actually sit within the School of Computing Sciences. Um, which shouldn't put anybody off. It's actually a real benefit, and um, our professional body, the Institute and Faculty of Actuaries, who accredit our programme, they really like the fact that we're in the School of Computing Sciences as well. Um, because there is an increasing overlap, um, you know, you can't get away from technology. Some actuaries would say that um, the actuarial profession were the first data scientists. We've always analysed data, trawled data, mm -hmm. um, to look at, look at likelihood and risk. Um, but now there is this growing profession, which is formerly called data science, um, and there are plenty of uh, degree programs popping up in that area. Data science really straddles actuarial science and computing. It's where 
um, the two parts meet and at UEA we have a re really strong research background in machine learning and data science and obviously we have the actuarial science um, team that sits within the School of Computing Sciences. So we're very well placed to be able to include um, computer si um, computing skills within our programme um, so that we can effectively help to develop the actuaries of the future that will have to live in that world where the two parts um, combine. So within um, the programme at UEA we have a year one Python module. Um, if you don't know Python's a um, computing language and it's a really um, popular computing language at the moment especially um, in the area of finance. So students get a, a basic understanding of Python in year one and then um, within the program there are option, optional modules each year to take additional programming and so we're really trying to embrace the technology and make sure that our students hit the ground running as graduates. Do you think students need to have um, any coding skills before they arrive? No, definitely not. It is something that is, not, is a nice to have if you had some coding mm. skills, but if you don't, it's not something to be scared of. We are not, we, we don't view the programming element of our course as um, teaching programming to the level that a computer scientist would need to know computer okay, programming. Yeah. We are learning it as a tool in the same way as you might learn, you know, within our course we also have modules where we teach you how to model using an Excel spreadsheet, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're teaching it um, in an applied way for the purpose that we're interested in, um, not as a standalone skill necessarily. So you teach them everything they need to know, yes. they don't need to come with it. I guess one of the things that employers are surprised about, I suppose, is um, our students' um, programming background. Um, and that being said, it's what they're surprised about is not necessarily that they have a particular skill and a particular coding language, but that they, because of the what we've taught them, they have an aptitude to then to pick up new skill, um, new coding languages. So we've had students who, for example, on um, as um, summer placement students were taken on in jobs that probably traditionally wouldn't have been actuarial science placements, they were data science roles mm -hmm. and they would probably usually have been targeted more at um, computing science students and um, one of our students was taken on as a placement student and um, we spoke to the employer afterwards and he said, you know, initially, yeah, she was she didn't have the coding background that we wanted, but we were impressed with her. And actually, what was more impressive was how quickly she did get up to speed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, developed very, very well after that. And they, they, you know, she had a really good experience there. And on, off the back of her, I can't remember how long it was, six, eight week placement, they then employed another UEA, this time, UEA student, this time one of our graduates, for a six month placement and then offered her a job afterwards as well mm, that's in excellent. the same area. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's widening things yeah, up for yeah, them. Yeah, opening yeah. even more doors. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You just mentioned placements there. Yeah. Sorry, Hannah. Um, we do offer a year in industry here yeah. at UEA as part of the actuarial science course as well. So um, where do students tend to end up in terms of placements around the country for that year? Or... Do they have to do the year in industry even? They don't have to do the year in industry. It's a, an optional um, 
It's one of the um, program options that we have. Um, I would always strongly advise students to at least consider. Yeah, we would as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, there are many personal reasons why you might not want to do it, and that's fine. Academically, the two programs are identical, Um, but um, from a personal perspective. Um, doing the year in industry develops students in such an amazing way, actually. You know, if you take a student who's, got, um, who's gone out on placement um, and then you look at them again when they come back, they are completely different individuals. Yeah. Mm. They come back for their final year um, much stronger. Um, we, in our final year, we have uh, a module where the students actually do a presentation to a couple of actuaries at Aviva. And a couple of years ago, I was sitting in on that presentation. Um, and uh, they were doing group presentations and we just were talking afterwards, I was talking afterwards to the actuaries and um, we were commenting on the, the ability of the different students to do the presentation and the two actuaries at Aviva without knowing could actually pick out which oh. of the students had been on placement. Wow that's really interesting. Because of you know, confidence, confidence yeah. there and their probably maturity, maturity as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was. It, it is really obvious, I think. Um, we have students that go um, all over the country um, and actually all over the world. We currently have a placement student in Hong Kong. Um, we have a large number of international students, and so um, it's nice to be able to say to them, you, you know, you can spend that year at okay. home if you want to. Um, we have good relationships with companies that have had placement students in the past and with our um, companies that our alumni work for. So oh, we always yeah. get fed back information about when placements are coming up um, and you know, to kind of have recurring placements as well. We also encourage our students not to just look for placements with the word actuarial mm. in the title because that really narrows the field mm. and it is a competitive marking pre- marketplace. So we encourage students to look for placements um, in broader areas so that they can... Um, kind of try a few things out. I mean, your your year in industry is about trying it and seeing whether you liked it. You mentioned um, an exam exemption a little while back as well. How many exemptions are there on the course? Okay, so this is all a little bit complicated because we've just <laughs> changed. Um, so if anybody's looked at actua- the actuarial profession beforehand, so the the UK profession is called the Institute and Faculty of Actuaries. And um, any information, yeah, <laughs> um, any any information that students might want to know can be found at actuaries.org.uk. That's the mm-hmm. the website for the profession. Um, and um, curriculum 2019 has just come in, literally at the start of January, which is um, a complete change of the the subjects. Um, most universities offering uh, undergraduate actuarial science program will offer exemptions from the first tranche of those subjects. Um, that used to be eight subjects, it's now gone down to six. I, I treat it as, I think of it as a buy one, get one free. Yeah. So when you're <laughs> at university, brilliant. you get your degree, mm-hmm. and at the same time as getting your degree, you'll hopefully come away with a tranche of exemptions yeah. as well. And you can either get, depending on marks, you either get them all or you get a few of them. Yeah. Okay, um, but it is a fantastic way to get a head start yeah. on qualifying as an actuary. Very helpful. Speeds up the process. Definitely after university. Yeah. Well, 
thanks Esther thanks for coming in that was fantastic I think we've all learned a lot so yeah, definitely. Um, sure that was really helpful <laughs> <laughs> definitely um yeah so Esther and other academics from UEA can come into your school to give a guest lecture so that can be really helpful for your students to find out even more about different subjects particularly things like actuarial science that they might not have come across before got a question for our post bag Email schools at uea.ac.uk and we will do the rest. Each month, our final item will be opening the post bag. This is your chance to get those questions answered and we're happy to take questions on anything related to higher education. Uh, This month, we've had a great question from a teacher in Hull who asked, does it matter if my students are going to a summer school at a university that they don't necessarily want to apply to? Oh, no, no, we don't, we're not naive about those things. We know students look at other universities. It's just great to see that they have been to one and they've been proactive about looking at universities. So it's obviously important to go to one that you perhaps are seriously interested in. No, I think summer schools are really a great opportunity for students to um, explore what it might be like to live in halls and to Mm. partake in different activities and um, have lectures and social activities as well. Um, so it's just students getting that kind of experience of university life um, that's really valuable for like their university application. Um, yeah, it looks good on the personal statement, I think. Even, yeah. if, even if you're not applying to that university, it shows that you've, you're really seriously interested in that subject and that you've done some research on it and you've had a taster of it, um, even though the courses might be slightly different. And which summer schools do we have coming up this year? So our summer schools take place between the 28th to the 31st of July. Um, We're doing ones in history, law, medicine, pharmacy, the health sciences and literature. And you can express your interest or the students can express their interest online now. And then applications open in March. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and these are available for Year 12 students. Um, However, law is available for Year 11s and Year 12s, so that's worth noting down. Thanks for listening.